you're listening to The Food Talk Show. Hi there, my name is Sue Nelson. For the next half an hour or so, well, I know it's going to be longer than that because we've got two amazing guests. Uh, we're going to be talking all things food and drink. I'm joined by my fellow presenter, Holly Shackleton, who is editor of Speciality Food Magazine. Hi, Holly. Hi. You're sitting in Ollie's chair. I am. Which is a little bit weird because, I don't know, it feels like it's Ollie's. <laughs> It's, my, it's mine now. It's yours he's, now. He's not coming back. It's my spot now. No, no, no. Well, he is. He's coming <laughs> back in two weeks' time. He's oh. off around somewhere, Southeast Asia, I think, with his family being a hippie. Uh, but you you find that really comfortable. That's I better do, than I, your normal chair. I can lean. Oh, I yes, feel like, right. yeah, I've got you my spot lean. now. Oh, yeah. Well done. Um, <laughs> so yes, so Holly Shackleton. And then, of course, um, we've got... Come on, Gandhi, because, you know... You need to replace Ollie. So we like, we like having three presenters, don't we, really? Yes. Three presenters. So this is your third programme as a guest presenter. It is. Thank um, you for having me back. You're getting into it now? I am, yes. Good. Loving right it. Right into it. And, of course, you uh, run the Cooking Academy and you're an author and you do stuff with schools and you're an expert on spices and I could go on and on and on. Thank you. No, yes. I'm enjoying every minute. You are. Good, good. Now, um, we never... You know, we're, we're never happier than when we have food in the studio. And um, one of our guests has just bought a massive plate of cheese, which, by coincidence, is one of Holly's favourite foods. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm. I'm very happy right okay, now. Okay, so if we look at that plate, are there any that you recognise? Mm. Don't put me on the spot. There's well, you're supposed to be a food expert. Well, there's a, a brie-ish looking thing. thing. There's a blue. Yeah. Mm. Yes, it's a brie. Mm. Yeah. And there's some blue. Yeah. Some nice hot cheese. And the reason why we've got that is we've got, um, oh, I don't even know what to say about Amanda. So we've got Amanda Cottrell, who is has got a, a list of things that she's done that's so long. I'll be here for the whole programme if she's <laughs> uh, read them out, really. Um, um, Amanda is um, incredibly well-known in Kent. This is where you live, isn't it, Amanda? It is. It yeah, is. The centre of the universe. It is a great county. Uh, we are a very rural county, actually, which I think people travelling... Perhaps from France to, to London, forget that, that Kent is incredibly rural. 85% designated rural. Exactly. Mm. Um, we've got great farmers. We've got the most amazing fruit. Yeah. Uh, I, I've moved into a new property. I literally planted a couple of twigs, which I've done before, uh, in, in my properties in Kent when I've moved in. And literally two years later, you'll have stunning plums, apples, pears. It's just, I don't know what it is about the soil. It's just, it's just great at growing fruit. So we've got some great fruit uh, we've now got vineyards, of course. Of course, over 30 vineyards now. Springing up yes. everywhere. Yes. Um, and they look gorgeous, don't they, vineyards? You they know, do. when you drive past and they're all on the on the, on the sort of south-facing hills, it's great. Um, and then we've got great seafood, because, of course, we've got Whitstable and oysters. And if you're hasting... Oh, no, hasting in Sussex. No, so that, Sussex. Tut, 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 tut. <laughs> uh, uh, um, um, where I live, um, highs, and um, we're going to talk about Folkestone later. We've got some great seafood there and of course we've got loads of farmers sheep particularly on Romney Marsh the fifth continent fifth fifth continent (laughs) (laughs) yeah it is a little bit of a weird continent on its own isn't it it is Um, and so uh, we decided we really should oh we're not even talking about the beer of which we're very famous um we just decided we should have a program dedicated to Kent and who better to have on the program than Amanda thank you because you just love Kent I do with a passion obsessive Obsessive. (laughs) So I'll give you a little bit of background about Amanda in a minute, but we're also joined by Dr. Legumes. You are. 
I love that name. Do you actually say that? You know, when you go out, yeah, yeah, people say hi, and you go, hi. Hi, I'm Dr. Dr. Legumes, yeah, all the time. Do you? <laughs> no. Okay, you do. You go shopping or whatever. I'm Dr. Le- I'm Dr. Legumes. Hi there. Uh, your real name is Lee, Desai. Yes, it is. Of course. Yeah. And originally you were from South Africa? I am, yeah, Cape Town, South Africa. Cape um, Town. Moved to the Garden of England, Kent. Um, stayed in Kent, didn't feel the need to leave Kent. Yeah. And uh, like you're you here more. because you, you um, again, you're, you've got a restaurant in Kent. Exactly, yeah. Particularly so in Folkestone. So we we're going to have a real talk about Folkestone, what's happening there. Um, so, first of all, Amanda. So, mm. Amanda, uh, you probably don't know this, my fellow presenters. Um, her early career was an artist. And she worked for Walt Disney briefly in California. Right. That's true, right. isn't it? The very early days of animation, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And way beyond, before computers. Yes. It was all done by hand. Yes. So you won't know this. I went to Canterbury College of Art because I'm an art student. And one of the things we did was animation. So you had to draw it by hand. Yeah. Is it 12 frames a second? 12 frames a second on celluloid. In those That's days, exactly. it was celluloid. Yeah. And you can get books where you get Donald Duck raising his arm and you flick through the pages yes, exactly. and, and you can see how it's done. Yes. But it's amazing training because each drawing has to be identical. Otherwise, Donald Duck was pretty odd with his arm <laughs> changing shape. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Um, so that's how you started. So um, in California. Yes, Burbank, California. Burbank. And then in 1967, you got married and moved to Kent. Mm-hmm. Had you, were you from Kent or did you? No, I was oh. from the Lake District. Ah, and, but my, another beautiful food place. Another beautiful food place, exactly. Yeah. And But my sister lived in Kent uh-huh. and she is my greatest friend and always has been. So she sort of lured me to Kent. And here I've been for 50 years now. And did you do a little spot of farming when you I first did. got married? I did. What and did I, I had, had four children, so I had to do something at home. And I've got about 30 acres. So it was there was a sort of guru called John Seymour at mm. the time, who was the great sort of self-sustainable um, uh, expert. And so I had two house cows, Polly and Amelia, one Guernsey, one Jersey. I had 40 sheep, which I still have, herdwicks from the Fells of Cumbria, pigs, Oxford lamb, of course, is famous. It's like mutton. It's Mm. absolutely beautiful. And they're the most adorable sheep because they're very friendly. And pigs, Oxford Sandian blacks, chickens, which I still have. And and we farmed really on quite a large scale. We produced all our own food. See, I love pigs. Yes, so do I. Pigs are like my favourite animal. They say that a dog looks up at you, a cat looks down at you, but a pig looks, looks you straight in the, in the eye because yeah. it's the most oh, intelligent of all yeah, creatures. I love pigs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, now, of course, you've got four children, but you've got now got ten grandchildren. Eleven. 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 As Another if one's rocked ah, up. <laughs> as if you haven't got enough to do. Um, and... Unfortunately, um, really pretty early on, you, you were widowed in 1996. I was, yeah. yes. yes. Um, which was incredibly sad. It and, was. you know, you've got four children, you've got all these this this farmland, you're, you've moved to somewhere where you didn't start off from. Um, it's It can be really easy to, I don't know, just go into yourself and, and find life very difficult. And, um, Indeed. But you've really, I think, Although I've you- met you many times, I think obviously it was very hard, but I think what you've decided is... I'm going to grasp this and I'm going to do stuff. Yes. I had two very huge incentives. One was my American mother, Mm. who lived with me at the time, having been widowed herself. And there was no way she was going to allow me to go into myself or turn my face to the wall. And the other was, I was asked to be High Sheriff of Kent. 
And that year in which I did uh, over 900 engagements, 2006, 2007. Keep busy, keep busy, keep busy. Keep busy, keep busy. And it created this huge carpet of contacts across Kent. I know Kent like a taxi driver. And and it's not... My taxi driver doesn't seem to even know where I live. (laughs) (laughs) Or speak English. Might have to find another analogy, actually, for that one. I think of a new analogy of that one. But it was just the beginning of this enormous journey, which I'm still happily going on. Yeah. And now, of course, you've got loads and loads and loads of different things that you do, but you're a patron of Visit Kent. Mm. And obviously Visit Kent is is the body to to promote Kent and get get people to go there Mm. on day trips or holidays. Um, And there's so much to go at in terms of Visit Kent. Um, And you love that role. I do. I was chairman for about nine years. And then when I left as chairman, stepped down as chairman, they asked me to become patron. Because if you leave a job like that, it's like having your legs cut off, basically, so without an anaesthetic. Mm. So um, it, I'm delighted to be able to go on doing it. And it's we, I go all over the world promoting it. 65 million tourists a year come to Kent. Yeah, and I think people. I think because we're so close to London, mm. I think uh, sort of we get a little bit forgotten yeah. sometimes. Um, so as well as doing that, oh, there's loads of other things you do. But you're also a patron of Produced in Kent, yes, which um, which is why you've bought these cheeses. Yes. I'm guessing yes. because these are the cheesemakers of Canterbury. Mm. Just thought I'd let you know. Very nice. Yes, they have their own little farm uh, up in the hills in um, in Kent, and they have their own goats. They do, uh, and dog and cheese. Yeah, wow. really nice cheese, and probably um, don't think it's. I don't think it gets sold much outside Kent, actually. No, it? I think it doesn't, and mostly it's local and remains local. Although the, the wines do get exported all mm. over the world, mm. but um, I don't know if you know that. I was saying before uh, coming in here that the in England and Wales we produce more artisan cheeses than the whole of France now. Yeah. Whereas 20 years ago, uh, people would have laughed us out of court with any of our food. Now. Absolutely. And we export snails to France. Did you know that? Yes, I did. I did, actually. <laughs> such um, a good um, story. Uh, such a good story. <laughs> now, we were lucky enough, um, well, we've had um, La Fromagerie on here, which yeah. is one of the best tea shops, I think, in in the UK and uh, uh, just off Marlebone High Street. Uh, but we also had Neil Jar Dairy a few weeks ago, yeah. so you can imagine how overjoyed we were with that. It that was, was incredible. Great. Really good. I mean, and, and, and they've been so good, I think, as well, uh, at, um, at really helping producers and, and championing British cheese. Mm. Well, they were the first, really, Stunning. weren't they, in Neil's Yard? They were the mm. first to really hit the headlines, yeah. as you say, an example. Fantastic. Mm. Um, so, um, uh, not only that, uh, you are a liveryman of the Worshipful Company of Fruiterers. Indeed, I am. And you are a freeman of the City of London. Yes. But I don't actually know what that means. Well, I don't really either. But <laughs> you're, it's a huge, it, you're given it as an honour. And one of the things you can do is drive sheep across London Bridge. So I did yes. precisely that. Oh, did you? Yep. Took my sheep over London Bridge <laughs> and on a very early on a Sunday morning... And it was hysterical. Yes. There were so many cameras and televisions there that the sheep immediately knew which their good side was. You know, of course, <laughs> yes. And of we course. had to go backwards and forwards till they got the shot they wanted with St Paul's in the background. Oh, and, and it was amazing. And then I did it. I'm also a freeman of the city of Canterbury and I did the same thing, drove sheep through Canterbury. On a Saturday morning, which was quite amusing. <laughs> well, if anybody's been to Canterbury on a Saturday morning, it's absolutely rammed. <laughs> did you like my little pun there? I Amanda? did, yes, rammed, yes. <sighs> As opposed to you'd. Mm, yes, yes. So we're going to have a little bit of cheese in a, in, in a minute, but I'm going to test both Lee and Amanda here. So we've got a, a bit of a, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to do a bit of a quiz. Um, I'm going to talk about top Kent foods. Did you know that gypsy tart is a Kent food? Yes. Do you know that, Lee? I know it's very popular. Do you know what gypsy tart is? Yes. Yes. What is it then? 
Go <laughs> <laughs> on, tell me it's what it's a tart it? made of uh, golden syrup, uh, breadcrumbs as well, predominantly. Yeah, um, 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 in a milk, pastry. brown sugar, yeah, pastry. Yeah. Basically, it's probably the sweetest yeah. thing you could ever it's eat. Very it's very sweet. It's very yeah. sweet. Yeah. And uh, there's an old tale, I don't know whether it's true, that a local lady was so upset by the sight of hungry gypsy children that she created this sweet treat to feed them. Wow. Sometimes it's got evaporated milk in as well, actually. Yes, it? Yeah. that's it, yeah. Um, and uh, we're renowned in Kent for our hop-growing heritage. Indeed, yes. Loads of people, as I'm sure uh, m- many listeners are aware, uh, used to go hop-picking uh, from London on their holidays. That was a, a way of having a holiday um, and, uh, you know, uh, not having to pay for it, I guess, and picking hops. Um, and Shepparton Brewery is the oldest brewery in England and they're located in Faversham. Any guesses amongst uh, our presenters and guests how long since Shepparton's been in Faversham? I ought to know that, but it's got um, to be 200 years. What do you reckon? Mm-hmm. Since 1698. I was thinking se- wow. 1698, <laughs> yeah. Smack Incredible, yeah. 1698, wow. Um, what fruits are we most famous for? Apples, plums and cherries. 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 Mm. Cherries are fabulous mm. in Kent. Love cherries. They're literally like sweets. And we're very good at strawberries, I would say. We are. We're very good at strawberries. Grown, yeah. Very, very wide across Kent. Strawberries mm. and uh, cherries. And I would urge anybody who's going to supermarket, uh, although obviously I prefer you to go to your local farm shop or, or independent yeah. deli, but... Please. Uh, please. Um, <laughs> but, you know, this time of year, you should be looking at labels. shouldn't really be buying any fruit that's not British. Yeah. Or Kentish, even. We would go that far, but this... this <laughs> I would. <laughs> this is a UK-wide <laughs> radio programme. Yeah. But, uh, yes, you should, be, you should be buying local. OK, another question. What is Canterbury Tart? Ooh. Pass. Now, Pass. I've never heard of I've never this. heard of Canterbury. Yeah. I'm glad you haven't, Lee. I haven't either. So this is a Googleized thing, and yeah. I'd never heard of it, um, so I don't know where it comes from. It's an apple tart with grated apple and lemon filling, decorated with sliced apples. The tart is so tasty that even Mary Berry has a recipe. Wow. Okay. Goddess Mary. The Goddess Mary. Yes. Um, the origin of the pudding is unknown, but the recipe was first written down by Chaucer, apparently. How amazing. Wow. Canterbury yeah. tart. Oh, we've, we've learned something. I think, yeah, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll have to do Lemon a We'll have to do yeah. your own take yeah. on that. Yeah, one, have to. Dr. Legume. <laughs> then, of course, we've got Whitstable oysters and Whitstable has really undergone a, um, a, a transformation, I would say. Would you say 10, 15 years ago? Yes. It was a pretty 15, dire it, 15 plus, I think it yes. was. And it's always somebody or something, and in this case it was the Green family who started the oyster house and it's never looked back. Mm. It's amazing. And um, loads of independent shops. Yes. Loads of great. There's a great independent cheese shop there, for Is example. There? Yeah. Is that Farm where I'm shops. going? Yes. Yes. You're I'm, going there in a few weeks. I'm time. going to the Sportsman this Sunday. Wow. In fact, so that's Michelin starred. <gasps> it's so gorgeous in Sea Salter. Mm. And, and really good local produce. Oh, amazing. Fabulous. Amazing. You'll love it. You will love it. Yeah, so go to walk to Whitstable. Yeah. You'd be surprised. It's lovely. Well, it's a bit busy these days, actually. It is. It's uh, very busy. Uh, what on a Sunday as well? Yes. Well, the oh, shops be open. Everything's yes, open. Everything's yeah. open. Yeah. All you see is people just shucking oysters. <gasps> chucking. Shucking. You be very shucking, careful shucking, with that word. Shucking. Shucking, shucking yeah. oysters <laughs> in, in all these stores all the time. It's just, it's fabulous. <gasps> I'm so excited. Yes, it's fabulous. Um, and the Whitstable Oyster Company can trace its origins back to oyster farming in Kent in the... What century? Um, I'm going to say about 16th or 17th. No. No. Earlier? Mm, 1400. 1400. 
amazing. amazing. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. Um, and my favourite restaurant there um, is Wheeler's. I think it has to be. It's very it small, it's the wheelers tiny. There. I think there's only 20 seats in there. Yes. And it's I think it was the first to open there, wasn't it? Painted pink. Painted pink. And it's just... And it's been in the family. I think it's yes. the third generation now. My favourite, they do an open lobster lasagna. Oh. Oh, oh wow. Oh, it's fabulous. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. If you want meat or anything like that, I'm sorry they don't do it. So they just do... Just do yours. Fabulous, fabulous. Yeah, they make their own amazing sort of quiches with seafood in... They just, oh, I don't even know oh, where to start. Incredible. Oh, another one. Guinness battered oysters. Oh. They're good. Um, so definitely go there. We'll talk about that for ages. <laughs> okay, another another Kentish thing. Folkestone pudding pie. I haven't heard this one either. I've never no. heard of Folkestone no. pudding pie. Well, you're based in Folkestone, Lee. Come on. <laughs> I, you should know all about this. Again, I'll just, just Googleise it. No, I'd never heard of it. Also known as Kentish pudding pie or Kent Lent pie. This is, a, this is a dessert, has a pie crust at the base, a rice pudding filling with sultanas, currants, spices and lemon zest. Wow. wow. Never seen that it, never good, heard of it. it. Yeah. Never seen that in Folkestone, have you? No. Never. No. No. And then um, um, I was talking to Mahmood about this and she, 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 um, you were saying you've never heard of it, have you? No. I, well, I was asking what um, yeah. Kentish Rabbit was. Uh, uh, Kentish Rabbit. Kentish Rabbit. Presumably on, is that melted cheese with... Kentish beer over the top or something like that. Apples. Apples. So if you think about it, uh, yeah. toasted cheese and apples would be lovely. It would, yeah. wouldn't it? Mm. True. Yeah. 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 Kentish rabbit. You could do that. Yeah. yeah. Vegan variation. Vegan, vegan variation. Yeah. Vegan yeah. variation. Yeah. You could do that one. That'd be yeah. great. And true to your home county. And yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So, so um, yeah, some interesting stuff. But uh, let's talk about the cheese. So what what's your favourite there? I can recognise some of those. The, the, the goat. Yes. Absolutely. Here's, here's a knife. Thank and, you. And help yourself. Thank and the, the biscuits are from Kent as well. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So this is a goat's yeah. cheese here. That's the goat's cheese. Um, and, and then that's Ashmore, ancient Ashmore, which is their sort of signature uh, cheese, and which at the Bath and West show won the gold medal ahead of all the other cheesemakers from the West Country, the cheddar cheesemakers, and they've carried off the gold medal at least well twice. Done. So it's Jane, isn't it? It's Jane, Jane Bowyer. Yeah. Team, it is. Um, who have got their own goats? So have a try of that, um, you. Holly. Your cheese expert. It looks amazing. Have a go at that. What do you think? I'm much, you're keen to try goat's cheese, aren't mm. you? Yeah, I adore goats. Yes, I adore goats. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Amanda, hold on. Absolutely. Now, it's quite goaty. Mm. I don't find it too goaty. Mm. I find it's it nice though. Milk, it's a nice goaty. Mm. 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 But it's got that signature slight lemon. Mm. 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 And mm. really long, complicated aftertaste. Mm. Still mm. got it now. It goes on for ages, it. doesn't it? It goes on for ages and ages and ages. When, when cheese hits the middle of your palate... That's when you can really taste the flavour of the cheese mm. because it mm. hits all of those really sensitive areas. And it's, Kamud, that's lovely, don't you think? Mm-hmm. Mm. Absolutely. Oh, we're still tasting it now. That's great. Mm. So let's have a let's have a bit of the um, long flavour, which I have to say is my favourite. Well, and the ca- the Canterbury cobble is also that's, a good one that's well. naturally yeah, that. brined, um, naturally um, uh, brined. Yes, and it's quite delicious, that's, quite sweet. That's one I've had in the past. You, have you had that? Yeah, yeah it's excellent cheese. Now, the only thing that I find with the Ashmore that we're having now is you've got to be really careful how you keep it. Yes, because it get, dries out. Because it dries out really. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so if you do ever buy it, then make sure that you've wrapped it in greaseproof paper. Please mm. don't put it in cling film because it'll just make no, you sweat. Exactly. Um, and 
even well, it should be on the bottom drawer yes. of your fridge yes. amongst the, the the vegetables. And yep. if you, if you put it amongst that, it well. then you'll get you'll get some moisture from the vegetables as well, and then it will be in prime condition. Yes, exactly. Oh, I love this. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very good, isn't it? Oh, it's very punchy, isn't it? They do a smoked mm. one as well, but I prefer the ancient. Mm. Lee can't have any. He's vegan. Stop offering him cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you might make, I'm waiting for the wine. You might make, him, you might wine. make him turn. <laughs> Don't do it. And then I'll be to blame. Well, I do it for fun. <laughs> mm. Oh, kind of spicy finish. Mm. It's really good, isn't it? Mm. You just have to be really, really careful how you keep it. And actually, I wouldn't even take it out too and leave it too long no, out of the fridge no, either. No, Which and, with and, most cheeses you would. But mm. this It's been on the high speed all the way up here, so it's a much-travelled cheese mm. at the moment. So and, I would say just half an hour before tasting, get it out of the fridge. Exactly. Lovely. Absolutely. It, mm. it, is, it is lovely. Now, Canterbury Cobble is lovely because it's um, it's got yeah, a really interesting one. shape. It has. Um, uh, so um, you get it in the whole round. You've obviously kept the other nine-tenths of this ah, at home, haven't you? Yes, exactly that. It's greased with paper in the bottom part of the fridge. Yeah. <laughs> um, and again, quite an interesting cheese. And what what is so good about um, Jane's operation uh, at, at um, in, in Canterbury is that she creates a huge range of cheeses, she whereas does. most... Um, cheesemakers will specialise in, you know, that they're very good at blue or they're very good at whatever. But can you, it's an amazing range of yeah, just incredible. one producer. And the mm. amount of skill that she'll have to have because it's, yeah. it's so, you have to have immense skill just to produce one cheese mm-hmm. really, really well. But and consistently. It's incredible. Mm. Really good. There's a carbon neutral cheesemaker on the chalk north downs of Kent at Rootham. Right. And they produce, they've discovered that by pumping the milk straight through from the cow, straight into the cheese vats, you don't have to raise the temperature, you don't have to cool it and then raise it, which is obviously saving a great deal of energy, mm. and you have to raise it a little bit. Um, uh, the family called Betts, B-E-T-T-S, and they produce an incredible cheese up there, and um, a hard, hard cheddar-type cheese. Mm. And it's matured for sometimes 12 months in, um, in Saxon earthworks, Wow. Um, underground, like great caves underground where it's really so cold. Na- natural place. Yes, really a natural place, exactly. Okay, now this is my favourite. Mm. Do you want to describe this? Is this the blue? Mm. It, it is absolutely. We, we went through a period, it wasn't Jane's, it was um, another maker in Kent, slightly salty, the first blue. But the feedback, it's interesting, community feedback has a huge effect. Mm. And now they've got it right and it is stunning. So stunning with, the blue. Is this um, Kentish, Kentish blue? It is. The original producer. Yes, it is it is Kentish blue. I, I remember that cheese very well. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Do you still dream about it, Lee? Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> looking at the cheese, I can taste it. So. That's okay, then. that's good. That's good. Um, you don't often get what I would call proper blue cheeses as opposed to Stilton's. And like, you know, the old-fashioned... Mm. Old uh, it's a, probably a, a, a slightly detrimental um, description, but it's got that... Uh, Proper blue, mm. as opposed to Stilton or one of those. Yeah, but it's also very gentle. That's a camembert, that one there. The mm. amount of blue in there, it's actually not too strong, mm. I'd say. And that's the brie. Mm. And now we're going for the brie. I'm just going to pass that to you. That's it. The yeah. official cutter-upper. Uh, yeah. I've broken my arm, so I can't oh, no, shoot. <laughs> Which is why I'm, I'm really sorry I'm enlisting you on this one. Um so again, the brie, what I really like about the brie, is probably a little too cold looking at it. Yes. I taste it yet. Um, again, this does need to come out a couple of hours before it you does. serve it. The really great thing that I find about the Canterbury cheesemakers 
Because if you look at that uh, brie running through the middle, it's not chalky or dry. Mm. It's yeah. matured all the way through. Yeah. And quite often it, when you get a, a, a brie, it isn't. You, you get that sort of middle, yes. almost like a sandwich, really, where, where it's a little bit chalky. This is lovely. Exactly. Mm. Um, on the label, it says this is our answer to brie, because I think brie, like cheddar, is a trade name and okay. we have to call it mm. something else, don't we? Um, but it is a, a very creditable imitation of, of, of the, the, the French stuff. And you can eat this rind, which often... And you can eat the rind, absolutely. Wow. Mm. Well, we've just been out for lunch, haven't we, Holly? I know. I know. Not not complaining, though. No. Um, And then we've got... Have we got one final one left? Uh, Camembert. Camembert. Yeah. See, I love Camembert. Mm. I mean, what don't I like? And cheese. I'm just thinking. There's many, isn't there? Um, mm, None at all. So this is um, a, a mini Camembert in the round. It's a sort of whole one. Um, I would say, I don't know, 10 centimetres across. About that, um, yes. Which means you can buy a whole one to yourself. Yes, you can. And not don't feel too guilty. <laughs> not, I don't rem- no. rem- not remotely guilty. No, no yeah. not remotely guilty. Um, and again, probably should be a little bit warmer. I've got air-conditioned studio today. Um, and then what I'm thinking while I'm eating this, Amanda, is I'm getting a little bit thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> mm. So, Holly, you're um, nearest. Can you... Mm. I am. So, along with wonderful cheeses, the... The Kent landscape has actually physically changed in the last 10 years. Yes. Um, There are now so many vineyards, it's hard to keep track, I would say. Um, And what we're particularly good at is sparkling whites because we've got chalky soil. That's right. uh, The weather's changing. We're getting the heat that we need. Um, We're also lucky because we get the rain that we need at the right time of year, often. Often, yeah. And therefore, the French are really struggling to produce champagne. Which is why they're all all coming here, of course. Indeed. They're really struggling because Mm. everything's changing and actually they're battling against the environment and the weather um, and and it's it's just proving more and more difficult in France, I think. It is. Um, So um, we've not only got the sort of environment uh, for producing lovely sparkling wine, um, we're actually now sort of 10 years on, I think we've got... We're getting some really great winemakers who are experienced, beginning to know what they're doing, um, planting vines and adjusting things to, to, you know, the country's soil and the weather and all sorts of stuff. Indeed. And starting to produce some pretty stunning sparkling, I think. The sparkling wine is extraordinary and is is a world beater. Mm. But the whites now coming online, the still whites, are a a real force. And this one is blended. It's about 60% of the Chardonnay grape and about 20% of the Bacchus grape, both of which grow very well on the chalky soil of Kent. Mm. South-facing slope, so well-drained. Flint dry, perfect with cheese. They do Bacchus itself. This is, of course, Chapel Down, which is only one of over 30 vineyards now. Mm. And uh, rosé, um, all sorts of whites, Pinot Noir, the Pinot Noir grapes. It's a wonderful story. I know Julian Barnes won't mind me telling you this, but um, one evening about four years ago, they produced their Pinot Noir for the year, the vintage for that year. And uh, Raymond Blanc from the Manoir was here in Kent having uh, dinner. And he said to his next-door neighbour, because the wine was being poured out of decanters, so you couldn't see the bottle, and he said to his neighbour, this is delicious, where does it come from? So the neighbour checked in the kitchen, found a bottle and said, Biddenden Vineyards, the oldest family-run vineyard in the country. And um, so the next morning, the friend went back there, had forgotten how delicious it was, and went back to buy some, and found that Raymond Blanc had been there an hour before him and bought the lot, <laughs> the whole vintage. And so it's now oh, on vintage. the menu permanently wow. at the, at the, at the manual, by the glass. 
And he was the first to trust local wine enough to sell it by the glass. Now everybody sells it by the glass. Yes, indeed. But B- then... Biddenden, of course, also famous for apples and cider. Exactly. Yeah. Apples and cider, mm. absolutely. So so we've got Chapel Down, which um, is probably Kent's most famous vineyard. I have to tell you, not necessarily my favourite. I think there's some real interesting small ones that oh, I'm yes. enjoying. Yeah. Um, Chapel Down wines are great, of course. Mm. Um, so we've got, oh, we've got all sorts. Um, I would say my favourite is a tiny vineyard called uh, Westwell, which yes. is near Eastwell Manor. down the road from me. Mm. Yeah. Just down the road from you, mm. from Trollock. Mm. Um, they produce some amazing yeah, wine. Uh, there's not much of it each year, I don't think. No, it's only a tiny vineyard mm. compared to... It's tiny. But Simpsons, that, do you know Simpsons at Barham? No. That, that's, uh, the, the wines are just coming online now, the, the, the five-year, sort of, it takes five years mm. to get it. And their Chardonnay has um, really been raved about in, in, the, in the food reviewers, yeah. the Giles Corrin and people, mm. as he raved about in the Times about the Harbour Arm the other day. Mm. Yeah. Um, I raved about the food outlets there, which was I was very pleased to see. It's yes. difficult to please our Giles. Yes, exactly. So, um, uh, yes, uh, we're grow- starting to grow a lot of Chardonnay um, in Kent. And Chardonnay grapes are traditionally one of the grapes uh, made to uh, made to, uh, for champagne. Yes. Of course. Yes. Um, and therefore, it's quite a good constituent of any sort of sparkling wine. Um, and... Um, I would say, I don't think we cracked the reds at all yet. Not in yet. In Kent, I don't think we have the weather and whatever. But but as you say, just starting mm. to get some really decent mm. white still wines. Yes. Yeah. Um, and we've got some interesting gra- grapes like um, Sackus, which mm. I've never, never heard of before. And, you know, <laughs> and, is it a German? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And Ortega, that's Ortega another. Ortega is, 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 which is a really delicious wine. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. 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 I think Biddenden's do a Ortega. They do. Yeah. Mm. They do, mm. Lee, exactly wow. that. That's mm. their their sort of signature yeah. wine, their Ortega. Mm. Yeah. But um, And then Hush Heath, of course. Mm-hmm. Hush Heath. Which is um, astonishing wines they're producing. They're Chardonnay. They're named, they name all their. Um, still whites after their children. Mm. Um, oh, Richard Balfour Lynn, who excellent, runs it, excellent. yes. And of course, we've got Gusborne, which is really, Gusborne, really good. Absolutely. And uh, Turlingham. I mean, you just keep absolutely. going. Absolutely. There's, there's hundreds of them. Absolutely. Also, what's really great is is they're beginning to make great destinations, though, aren't they? Yeah. Um, so, uh, Lee um, is from Cape Town, and of course, one of the great things when you go to Cape Town is you go to Stellenbosch or, yeah, or, or Franchuk um, and go around all the wine lands. Yeah, Cape Town having the the longest wine route in the world um yeah. you know there's a, a real great wealth of of wine in Cape Town and vineyards oh, um I love it there you know multi purpose as well i guess mm. the the vineyard is more so the epicenter for food for socializing as well and um, i think that's just starting to happen in Kent whereas I think a it lot is. of the vineyards are beginning to understand that yeah. actually it's a great people are really interested so you can go on a tour of the yeah. vines and people explain how they make the wine and then you can have an you know an amazing meal and you can yeah. have tastings and often there's a deli on site and I, I think they're really beginning to understand a bit like Cape Town that this could be part of the destination of Kent. Yeah. Yeah, it's I true. think it's important because in, in Cape Town, it you know, Cape Town I think accounts for um, 80% of, of um, you know, visitors and tourists that come into South Africa, come into Cape Town. Um, so there's a, a real, you know, uh, something of a, of a tradition now in Cape Town that when you go it's to expected. Cape Town, you go it's expected to, of you. to places like Stellenbosch, to yeah, France yeah, Hook. Yeah. Um, you even go to places like Constantia, um, where there's some incredible, incredibly old vineyards as well. Um 
you know, that being the space where, where Cape Town kind of expanded from um, and where the first vineyards were around. Well, Lee, I'm going to Cape Town in February oh, for the, nearly the four month, weeks. The like, I'm just treating myself. Go. is the best month to go. I'm so excited already. I can't I mean, wait for you. I'm so excited <laughs> already. I'm about five days going on a wine tour. That's good. Wow. Wow. However, of course, we do have Kent as well. I'm just to uh, let you know. Um, so, uh, um, other things that you're very proud of in terms of, of Kentish food, Amanda? Well, that's such an extraordinary variety. And as you say, working with tourism, um, food tourism, wine trails, the, the tourists coming into Kent now doesn't want to just arrive and make their own. They want bespoke tourism. They love the provenance. They like to know where the exact which field the, the state comes from or, or whatever. And so these, as you say, rightly say, destinations actually within vineyards where you can sit out on great mm. decks. Um, there's one at Hashith they've just finished and look out over these rolling acres of vineyards. And in the autumn, they turn red and gold. And we've started taking the County Harvest Festival service out of Canterbury Cathedral and into the vineyards. Wow. And the, the bishop with his purple robes, it's like a sort of medieval Italian painting. <laughs> and last year we had the London Vegetable Orchestra who played, uh, plow, we plough the fields and scatter in three parts on carrots, parsnips, <laughs> apples. <laughs> and, I mean, just extraordinary. Yeah. Really? I've heard good things about them. Oh, they're the brilliant. Orchestra. We'll get them down to the Harbour Arm. Yes, excellent. Well, that leads us rather nicely to Harbour Arm. So, um, as a child, uh, I was born in London, lived in London, went to school in London, and then didn't have much money, so we'd get in my dad's battered old car, and then we would go to Folkestone on holiday, mm-hmm. caravan up on the uh, up on the on the cliffs there, um, and that was our that was our annual holiday. So, I've, I've you know always been to Folkestone as a child, and Folkestone for me then was. Um, a, re- a really great place. So the harbour was there as usual. It's got one of the best beaches ever. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Sunny sands. Mm. Um, so we used to go onto the beach and f- very gently sloping, going to the sea. And then we used to go to the bottom of the old high street, which is now sometimes called Steep Street because it's so steep. And there was this place that used to make sweets. My the brother ro- and I... Rock shop. Used to be fascinated, so we'd have our, you know, our hands and our noses pressed up against the glass, watching, you know, yeah. somebody from inner city London. It was just staggering watching somebody making sweets and rock. It used to be yeah. absolutely fascinating. Yeah, that that that. I mean, for me as well, the first time I experienced um, looking through that window was was really something special. Um, it's a closed shop now. It is. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's 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 a huge loss, I'd say, yeah. for the town of Folkestone because it, it was something that was very iconic it was. Um, to the space. Um, but, you know, Rock Salt are trying to carry on the tradition um, by offering uh, rock uh, with, with Folkestone uh, in Running mind as it. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so that, that's a nice little reminder of that, that, of that part of that Folkestone. Yeah. And then um, the... the it, the um, Orient Express, then I forgot the name of it then. The Orient Express uh, used to come into a station uh, so that, that people used to get off the Orient Express and then they used to get on the ferry because yeah. uh, it's a huge port, uh, Folkestone. And we used to get on the ferry and go to Boulogne or Calais or, or whatever. Um, and the station, I think, was dedicated to the Orient Express. I don't think there was any, uh, I don't think it was a destination for anything else. So you used to go over a bridge. Uh, um, you know, over the harbour, and then there's this dedicated, rather posh, ornate station just just for the Orient <laughs> Express. 
Now, that stopped uh, quite a while ago. Uh, the ferries stopped and all moved to Dover uh, quite a while ago. And I think it is fair to say that Folkestone really went into a bit of a decline. <laughs> known for drugs, known for all sorts yeah, of stuff. Yeah. It was a pretty dismal place, I, I would say. Um, now, fast forward, we've got what we call the Harbour Arm, which is where all the, all the, the ferries used to go. And Folkestone suddenly is buzzing. There's a great restaurant scene, there's a great music scene, there's a great art scene, and suddenly the Harbour Arm has become this very, very exciting place. Yeah, I think it's um, it's it's a real interesting project um, because, you know, going back 16 years in Folkestone, you know, it like you say, it was a real dismal place. Um, you know, the um, Rotunda down... Oh, I used to go there. <laughs> down on the, on the seafront. Had a really you know, crap shut, ghost shut train. Down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Dodgems. I right. guess it was also a fallout from the construction of the tunnel finishing mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. And, you know, there was a, a big spike in, in businesses opening and then just finding that there wasn't anyone to consume what, yeah. you know, they were producing. Yeah. Um, and it's been interesting to see the change um, because we've become a lot more food focused uh, with the Harbour Arm as well. Um you know, the education level in the town um, is growing in terms of food. Uh, the people that we have... There come... used to just be some pretty... Yeah, I'd say, yeah, a lot of takeaways, a lot of takeaways, and that was more so the focus, quick, easy food. Um, a lot of the takeaways, whether they, you know, were were sort of Indian or, or Chinese takeaways or whether uh, they the worst were kind. Nepalese, they would kind of serve yeah. a very similar thing. Um, whereas now, fast forward, um, we're in a position where we've got some really exciting food businesses um, yep. starting to pop up. Um, a lot of incredible ideas, um, new ideas, new for the area. Um, it, it's kind of its own its own little bubble, folks. It is, really, weird, when it? you when you look it is at weird. it. Um, so, so if I can just describe the Harbour Arms, so it was a huge concrete. It, it was a working that, a working harbour yeah, that yeah. goes out into the sea. Yeah. Um, the great thing with it is, if you look one way, you see the White Cliffs of Dover. Yeah. Which is a stunning, Ma- most incredible, stunning view. view. Yeah. If you look the other way, you sort of you look along the coastline towards Dungeness Power and Station. You see the amazing power station. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it, it was just this concrete mass. It had the old. Um, sort of railway station there, but that was all derelict and yeah. and, 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 and awful. Yeah. It's just like a builder's yard, and everything just yeah. been left for literally a decade. I think it has, and mm. I, I think what the the opening of the Harbour Arm allowed people in Folkestone was to see that amazing view of of the White Cliffs, where you can kind of you can see down to Samphire mm. Ho, um, which is again a really the Warren itself is a really incredible natural you know, space for, for a lot of things. You know, yeah. we, we tend to go down there on walks. Sometimes we cook there. We're not really allowed to, but mm-hmm. we do it responsibly. Yeah, yeah. Um, and foraging as well. And, you yeah. know, a, a lot of um, sea vegetables that grows, um, a lot of seaweed in that area, a lot of, um, you know, wild wild fruit yeah, as loads well. Loads of people so. fishing as well. And, and before, yeah. before the Hob Arm was open, that, that wasn't a view no. that, that I'd seen before. And the great thing about Harbour is is that there's a tiny little lighthouse at the end. Yeah. Which is quite small. Mm -hmm. Somebody, enterprisingly, has opened it up and it's a champagne, little champagne bar. It's brilliant. So you go in there, all British, uh, sorry, sparkling, white actually, Um, and then you can sit with your back to the lighthouse and then just look out at that amazing view in the summer. Oh, perfect. People watching. 
Yeah, and, there's and, a lot of tattoos and, down there. I think. <laughs> there are. <laughs> Have to keep shirts on though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you're a bit of tattoo spotting, um, but but everybody is just it's, it's just used by a huge range yeah. of people from very very young children to older people just going out for a breath of fresh air. It's it's yeah. what one might describe as the old British Constitution. Just going to have a little constitutional yeah. walk, and, um, and there's always something going on. Live yeah, music. It's going all on. all happened um, pretty organically as well. Mm. Um, you know, we, we kind of started out with uh, food businesses that were more so orientated around street food, um, being on the main harbour, uh, then us in the East Yard, Dr. Legumes, Customs folks in Docker, um, who baked the most amazing sourdough bread. There's, um, a, big, there's a big bus, double-decker big, big, big bus, Greek bus, called the um, Big Greek Bus. Yeah, they're, they, they're on the main arm. They um, cook Greek food downstairs and then you sit up oh. deck eating it. And an amazing view as well. Um, and then we have the Harbour Coffee Company in the East Yard as well, um, who they are moving towards um, roasting down coffee now. Um, so it's 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 a tapas little tapas yeah bar. Gianni he's yeah. he's he's pretty amazing with what he does um, you know he's he's very innovative with with the food that he he chooses to put on a, a plate um, and it's nice to see it's nice to see chefs involved with with food businesses because mm. I think as a town Folkestone um, food businesses were predominantly owned by people who weren't particularly, interested you know, in interested in food. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and I think that's changing now. Mm. Um, there's a few few new businesses. The old boy um, in Tontine Street, uh, talented chef Thierry I used to work with, who's who's opened that. Um, so it's it's really really nice to Start see. It's really to refreshing to yeah, see that absolutely. you know we have some chefs in control of of where the food culture is going in yeah. the town as well. So. And of course we've got all the um, old fashioned fish stalls. You know where you yeah. go and get your jelly deals and yeah yeah you do you can't have, eat jelly um, deals but you can if you want if you like them. You have chummies who are you know pretty much an institution. Chummies. They are an institution in in Folkestone. Um, folks and trawlers, and then you also have Griggs of Hythe who do an incredible, incredible job with with the fish that they mm-hmm. offer. Um, you know, as a company, I, I think Dr. Legumes is invested also in the conversation of sustainability. So, so um, tell us about Dr. Legumes. So, so in the car parky bit, which I know you're not allowed to call it that, you, you've got a shipping container. So yeah, we've we've got two forty foot, uh, forty by eight foot long shipping containers, slightly staggered, um, that we've converted into a purpose built restaurant. Um, the restaurant space is open from Thursday to Sundays. Um, and really, we're there to highlight highlight uh, plant based food in in our community. Come on, um, you'd love it. I'm you would going love to go. it. Yeah, you so so better, yeah. so we're a community interest company. Um, you know, our ethos is life made better, and we try and do that through plant based food and through education as well. Um, the idea was really to be in one of the most deprived areas of Folkestone. You know, the harbour is is that. Um, it's it's one of the three lower ranking areas um, in Folkestone. Um, so to be at the epicenter of that and try and promote something healthy and something that is focused on on being health conscious was was really important for us as a company. So what um, sort of things have you got on the menu? You're making more at the moment. Um, again, you know we, you know the idea with Dr. Legumes is to create a conversation uh, based around plant based food, around sustainability. Um, so our menu is compromised from a small percentage of forage food 
Um, we've got a lovely nettle pesto on um, at the moment. How does that sound? Um, lovely. Wow. Yeah, that, amazing. That we just serve with a lasagna of wild mushrooms, butternut squash, and kale. Um, yep. You should see what his <laughs> yeah. face. You should Ken, see what his face. I'm just well. smiling and nodding. It sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, cob nuts are, are something that's Very coming through at the moment. Yeah. So we'll probably swap the hazelnuts out on that pesto. It's not very traditional what we do. Um, so we use hazelnuts instead of pine nuts for our pesto. Um, but that is something we'll swap out um, and use cob nuts. Um, cob nuts are gorgeous. Yeah, for the next next. I don't even know how to explain how so. they taste. They're a thing all of their own. I've never had a cob nut. They're, they're incredible. They're, they're very cute. Yeah. 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 And, and raw, they're really amazing as well, just straight from the tree. Um, the only way they're I creamy, can... They're creamy, actually. Raw. Yeah, so, creamy. so very much a, a marriage between a pine nut and a hazelnut, mm. I'd say. Ooh, um, yeah. In its raw yes. form. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's one of one of the dishes. We've got an heirloom tomato salad. Kent is amazing for tomatoes as well. We forgot to mention... Yes, we did. Uh, ...those. Um, we get our tomatoes from Warmerston growers uh, who grow for all the wild animal parks in the area, um, organically grown. They do about eight varieties of tomato. Um, so that's something, again, naturally, you know, flavoursome um, product. Uh, we dehydrate some of the tomatoes as well as using a, a few different varieties in there um, with a uh, roasted red pepper dressing. Um, Kamud, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm wow. salivating. I'm salivating I'm too. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and then also, I, I guess, you know, based on, on food trends and, and how... Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to tread carefully here. I'm trying to use the right wording. Um, but how people would, would, would put um, plant-based protein into their diet. Um, so we use uh, pea protein yeah. um, and we do a pea balatine, um, which is gluten-free. Um, we add a little bit of vegetable fat, uh, miso to that as well, which is a really important, <laughs> important product for us to make use of yeah. um, in our cooking because... Um, you know, as a fully formed protein, one of the questions or a question that's asked a lot of the time is protein content and how, yeah. you know, we can fully get, get hold of, you know, the nine essential amino acids out of the 12 that we need to to, to build um, protein. And um, Kamud, you, you, you're really, it's really important, isn't it, if you are going to be vegan, even if you're going to be vegetarian, you've yeah. sort of got to know what you're doing. You've really yeah. got to understand, yeah. Yeah. haven't you? And, yeah. and, and that's what one of our kind of, um, philosophies are that you know, uh, being vegetarian and vegan is great. Yeah. But we're doing it for all the right reasons. Mm -hmm. So we need to understand what we need to do. Yeah. And we need to be so creative about um, broadening our diet yeah. so that we have so much more biodiversity yeah. in order to be able to fight disease and make sure you've got the right minerals, yeah. the right Absolutely. protein. Yeah. And, right. and you know, we 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 structure our plates so that. Um, you know, we, we can look at the nutritional value that mm. we get and, um, you know, looking at the protein protein contents as well, mm. making use of things like hemp seeds, for instance. Yes. Yeah. Um, spirulina is mm. something that we, we try and make use of as well. Um, and like I said, miso is, is you know, such an important ingredient. In it's terms one of, of Ollie's favourite. Of, of yeah. flavour. Ollie of, Lloyd loves miso. <laughs> one of my favourites as well. And yeah. it's so diverse as well, you know, light from light miso to the darkest kind that you can find. And, mm. you know, the, the complexity of it changes. So... Um, just going back to peas, peas are so underrated. Yeah, very so much so. Yeah. That they have so much nutrition yeah. and yet we, we kind of put them down as a humble mm -hmm. vegetable where they are yeah. really a superior vegetable. Yeah. We need to bring them back in. Pea yeah, shoots. We, we, pea we, shoots are fantastic. You know, Kent is a 
a big producer of of peas garden peas mm. as well and pea shoots um you know earlier on in the season and it's it's important to make use mm. of of those products that are you know growing in in the area as well um pea shoot salads are very pea, nutritious mm. because yeah, it's yeah. from the fermented pea and anything yeah. that's fermented fantastic. is great yeah. so. so so amanda i mean what lee is doing is is so commendable do you not think i mean and and, and trying to educate absolutely uh, you know a whole bunch of people of of you know, this is sustainable, but it's absolutely delicious. And, you know, just getting that message across, in, a, in, in not in a preachy way at all, but absolutely exciting. And he said that to me before, that mm. this isn't in a preachy way. And he, no. he doesn't use the word vegan all the time oh. uh, in order to take it away from that sort of niche corner. Exactly. But it's locally produced, all of it. And one of the things that you may not yet have tried is that in the hop growing industry, the first growth is cut back. It's rather like the Chelsea chop. And um, mm. the little shoots that come up after that around the base of the hop pole, yeah are like little tiny asparagus things. And if you cut those back and use them in salads, it is a very unique taste. You can make cocktails out of them and everything. So I'll try and get you some. It's too late for this year, but but next spring, I'll get you a bag full and bring them down. I promise. That would be really, really amazing. Mm. But it's a conversation which we we will have um, today, but from now on, I want to talk to him because food is something you can enjoy together, whatever your philosophy Mm. And you can, and there's no reason why somebody who is like me, an omnivore, can't enjoy vegan plant-based food. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, and maybe the variety of that diet. If somebody is some, really knows what they're if doing. If somebody really knows what they're doing, and and obviously Lee does. Yes. And um, it's fascinating to talk to him. Mm. Um, so I think there's a great future, you know, mm. as well as the the um, uh, food and tourism um, to ha- use this as well, rather than push it away as a kind of rather unwanted. Um, uh, relative, poor relative. It's actually a very powerful yeah. um, uh, uh, tool now for, for marketing food. Sure. And, and um, there is, um, I think there's a real key here in that you can actually use food to bring a community together, oh, yeah. and but actually revitalise an area which was in a pretty dire state. Yeah, absolutely, uh, um, and there's a real excitement about Folkestone, isn't there? And a massive yeah, excitement about so. Folkestone. There is. And and do you know, I actually think that's I think that's been down to to the food offering. Yeah, yeah I'd, I'd, and, I'd and, say and, so. And making sure. it, you know, food yeah. becoming a destination in its own right, just or, yeah. or drink actually, you know, obviously responsibly in the right way, but just sitting back, mm. drinking something extraordinary, and yeah. just watching the world go by, looking at that amazing scenery. And and everybody's taken it to their heart, haven't they? Absolutely. Yeah, it, it is. It is a, a, a phenomena, really. Um, Folkestone on on the whole, because you don't really see that revitalization at the rate that it's happening in Folkestone yeah. in in a lot of um, other seaside towns. Um, it was interesting because um, someone shared a study with myself and Jim, um, based around um, you know seaside towns and how they've declined over the years and you know, what the steps could be to essentially make them better places. Mm. Um, and community engagement is is really, I think, at the top of that. Um, and, and again, like you say, food around a table, bringing the community together, starting discussions, opening difficult discussions at times, um, you know, if it pertains to an individual's eating choices. Um but I think we're we're at the point now where we can have those conversations and we can we can talk about it as people. So I think y- it's fascinating that once where there was a, a, a beautiful beach uh, that's, that, that gets absolutely packed, yep. you know, in the summer, was surrounded by chip shops and and kebab places and 
pretty dire Indian restaurants. You don't see any of those now. There's, 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 you know, there's Greek, there's, there's your place yeah, there, there's not, tapas, there's a, you know, and, and it's not expensive and people are going around and, and trying all sorts of, you know, different things that perhaps they didn't used to. Mm. And, and, but it's still the same type of families that are down there. And, yeah, and, and what I think, yeah. is, I think it's broadens everybody's outlook. Yeah, and, and again, you know, I think I think with the development of Folkestone, I think the focus was predominantly on education and art as well. Mm. Um, you know, and 12 to 15 years after that was sort of first implemented in the town, we're really starting to see the rewards of that because, mm. you know, it's, art pushes people to, to think differently. It pushes society, I guess, in the right way. And, and it's a way, like I, I said about... Um, starting conversations and, and initiating these conversations and, you know, finding solutions to the problems that we do have. So as as a town, like, I, th- I think everyone in Folkestone has really kind of gravitated towards that change as well and kind of moved with it. And I think people are proud of it. Very much which so, Which is really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Uh, I've taken, yeah. taken ownership for it. Yeah. So um, you two, you haven't been, I don't think. You need to come round, come stay, yeah. Holly. I will. And then we'll trot down... So I cycle down to Harbour Lawn because it's, like it's only 20 minutes on my bike, which means I can, I don't know if you're allowed to do this, but it means I can have a few beers and then I'll wobble back because <laughs> it's not on the road. You just cycle by the beach home. Are you allowed to drive Are you allowed to drive a bike while you've had a few drinks? I'm not quite sure. I'm not it, sure whether there probably is a rule. A lot, yeah, uh, probably yes. not. Uh, yeah. don't, don't tell anybody then. Um, <laughs> so, I've, I've so decided it's, it's that I'm place. moving to Kent now, so yeah. you've sold it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was very, folk <laughs> yeah. in, in particular, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was very Suffolk and proud, but now... No. Well, I was Kent just saying that at. maybe we should do a Suffolk uh, programme. That would be brilliant. There's, some great There's so much there. going on there as well. Yeah. yeah. So maybe we should do that as well. Um, so um, thank you to our two lovely guests. Um, Amanda, um, we're so lucky to have you in Kent and you do so, <laughs> so many things. So thank you very much. It's a great time to be in Kent. It Never is. better, I would suggest. It's so, it's so exciting. I'm about to be 78, and I wish Are you that really? I, yes, I wish well, I could have started, uh, started 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. uh, because there's so much going on, and meeting people like Lee is, is like opening a window, isn't it? Yes, it and is. a door, and going through it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but talking, food itself is an art form. Um, we talk about art and culture, but food is an art form, and it's, yeah. it does. It starts conversations and does, friendships yeah. and. Yeah. Yeah influences and philosophies and yeah. it's just key isn't it mm. yeah and um lee obviously dr legumes as yes. i like to know yes. you um <laughs> i'm so i'm just so impressed by what you've done and and the way that you're doing Thank it you. and, and and what you believe in so you know if there's anybody out there who haven't been to folkestone and you can't decide on the harbour arm where to eat it's got to oh, be dr come legumes but come and see come and see what you guys are doing yeah um i know you're quite keen to visit i am indeed we i discussed this this morning and um <laughs> i said i'm going to folkestone because um i was really uh, i read up on what you were doing and yeah. i thought wow this is really good and i looked you up i googled you wow, as okay. you do <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, and so um i kind of thought wow this is interesting i really like what you're doing yeah. i think it's an interesting stuff to do to do with the cooking category yes actually, it is yeah, yeah and also yeah. you know yeah. talk, talking yeah. about you know fusion cuisine and, yes. and flavors and spices yes. Is, yes. is something both myself and and jim are very invested in mm. you know my background is south african so there's in cape town there's a huge um Cape Malay influence um, and my background is is part Indian as well from my granddad 
Um, and he was a he was a chef, so yes. you know the you were never going to escape. Lee. I don't think Sorry, so. you were no, never no, going to escape. <laughs> it's, it's something that 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 has been there for forever. You know, I think you just you just know when you love food. Um, food yeah. is community. It's yeah. family. Yeah, it's it bringing people. Yeah. It brings people together, and that's yeah. what I really enjoy about food. It's an opportunity yeah. to share and feed people. And yeah, um, I come from a family of feeders, so <laughs> yes. feed first. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much um uh you've been listening to the food talk show and if you don't know already it's syndicated to radio stations across the uk and further afield as well as being available on stitcher spotify podbean itunes and the podcast app on your phone thank you to my two lovely lovely guests really enjoyed this program um lee desai or as we like to know Dr. Lee Combs. Thank you. And uh, Amanda Cottrell. Um, thank you to my two fellow presenters, um, Holly Shackleton, uh, editor of Speciality Food Magazine. Thank you for having me. I'm very happy. Wasn't that interesting? It was really good. I genuinely, I'm moving to Kent now. Mm. You sold it to me. And, uh, well, that means that uh, Amanda's job's done. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I like you more and more. <laughs> and uh, Kumud Gandhi, um, that, that was great, wasn't it? And uh, you really must hook up with Lee and see if there's some stuff uh, you can do on yeah, the cooking. Well, we, for sure, um, yeah. Got his uh, email address, well, and fine. I'm inspired by both of you, actually. Yeah, that's really good. Amazing. Now, if you want to recommend any future guests, you'll be hard to top these two. Um, please do uh, recommend them uh, through our Twitter feed, which is at Food Talk Show. And if you want to listen to any of our hundreds of podcasts now, going back oh, four or five years, uh, go to foodtalk.co.uk or the Speciality Food Magazine website. We are on the homepage. You can click straight through. Yeah, we are indeed. the latest yeah. food talk shows. Um, thank you so much for listening and I hope you have a good week. Bye. Bye.